This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. One always reaps what one sows, and please, do not forget to worship the elegance of the simplicity of this universal rule. Valeria Tellez interviews Sophie McLean, the author of The Elegance of Simplicity, a wisdom teacher's epic journey to awareness. Sophie McLean's mission is to contribute to the creation of a new culture for humankind or the shift from homo sapiens to homo spiritus, as Dr. David Hawkins so beautifully wrote. Born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France, with a professional career in the USA and UK, Sophie has led an eventful life. She has been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, a CEO, and served as a United Nations representative on the Commission on the Status of Women's Hunger Project. She has been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She has lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and in an ashram. As a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world of all ethnicities, ages, religions, and social backgrounds, all engaged with the universal existential questions of who and what am I? And what is my life about? Her seminar and podcast topics span both human and metaphysical dimensions, exposing and deconstructing the automatic ego, consciousness, freedom, love, stress, anxiety, fear, relationships, health, sex, money, ownership, leadership, spirituality, creation and evolution, the feminine and the masculine, responsibility, and making an effective, actionable difference in the world. Sophie engages people in a rigorous review of their life and a systematic questioning of their conclusions on the basis that without examining our network of ideas, beliefs, social and cultural judgments, and our assumptions about the world, those are transformed into constraints. Her interest is in the nature of what it means to be human. In Sophie McLean's life and work, she strives to bring elegance, worldly experience, grit, courage, and insight leading to revelation and transformation. Meet Sophie at sophiemclean.com. Here is the interview with Sophie McLean. In your own words, who is Sophie McLean? 
It is um, the character I choose to create. So I, I am uh, totally malleable. And at the moment, I call myself a wisdom teacher. So I have created that character. And that's the freedom that comes when you really realize that everything is an illusion. So you can create who you want to be. So when you say wisdom, some people confuse that with knowledge and even awareness. What is the difference, Sophie, between wisdom, knowledge and awareness? So um, knowledge is um, intellectually based. It's limited. It is designed to give us certainty to deal in our physical universe. And it's limited by definition. It's linear. You learn what somebody else before you has have learned. Right. It's It's useful, but it will not get you the place of fulfillment and right. self-expression. Yeah. Um, awareness is, um, awareness is uh, the access to all power. It's the ultimate power. It gives you access to consciousness. So awareness is very much like when you teach your children to cross the street, you ask them to stop, look left, look right, and then cross the street, right? right. So you have the moment of stillness, of presence, You look at what is actually happening and then you take action. This is awareness. So it is very necessary to create as much as possible this time of stillness in our life so that we can make choices. And wisdom, wisdom is actually reaching the level of consciousness where you know you hold the world in your eyes, meaning that it is your view of everything that gives you your reality. It's not anything else. It is just the way you view life. You know, we, we don't view life as it is. We, we look at life through our view of life. And there is, I think, 8 billion people on the world. There is 8 billion different view of life. And right. wisdom is knowing that <laughs> they are all valid And yours is as made up as anybody else. And that's what <laughs> right. wisdom represents for me. So in a way, it is embracing the paradox of everything, of life itself, all the opposites. That is um, a very peaceful way. Yeah, well, it, but it's actually knowing that there are no opposites. You know, mm, when yeah. we, we tend to create opposite all the time, good yeah. and bad and right and wrong. And True. But if you imagine, uh, a, uh, instead of creating opposites, imagine a sliding scale. There is not such, not such a thing as darkness. There is mm. just the absence of light. You right. cannot right. Uh, create darkness. It is just the absence of light. So there is full light. And then when you slide down the scale, there is no light. And we call it darkness. And then we create the opposition between light and darkness. Mm. And that is a source of suffering. That's there true. is not such a thing as hatred. There is just the absence of love. It's it, hatred is not the opposite of love. This is why in relationship you have people that are passionately in love, and then suddenly a few years later they hate each other. Right. But it, it's not an opposite. It is a sliding scale. Right. Mm. And with that in mind, Sophie, what is life to you, and what would be the opposite to life if there is such a thing? You're going to say that doesn't exist. But so what is life? That's right. <laughs> What is life? <laughs> well, I, from my experience, Valeria, right? Yeah. I see life as um, 
school to elevate ourselves. So I, I uh, my experience is that there is a divine, you can call it consciousness, you can call it God, you can call it energy, you know. Yeah. Then there is um, another dimension called that I call the quantum dimension, where there is the souls and the angels, if you think there are angels and masters and spiritual masters. And then there is a material plane inside of distance, time and form. And that is what we call life. And I believe it's a school where we need to learn the illusion that we create that is called our ego so that we can remember who we really are and get closer back to the divine. It seems to me that it's a loop. You go back to who you really are. And if you look at um, aging, right, when you age, you let go of so many things. You let go of your beauty, of your youth, your of your body, you learn wisdom. And by the time, if everything, if you have mm-hmm. learned, you get to this peaceful place where you know not, there is not much meaning to this game. It's just a game to learn and elevate oneself. So that's how I view life. Do you believe, think, or know that this is something that we get to choose to be here? I, I, I actually, you know, I did some past life um, experiences and all that, and I act, actually remember being asked to come back. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no idea if it's true or not, but I don't care. It just resonates with me. But I remember making a choice, and I actually remember coming back. So uh, I, I live my entire life, and what I teach is all based on being fully the originator. There is no victim for me that that, that doesn't exist. There is only people being the source of it all. And um, I like to think that we definitely choose our life, our parents, uh, we choose everything. It's not something that you say with conviction that you know. I like that too, this idea of not claiming to know it all, um, the the mystery of of life, right? Yes, yes. No, no. I I can only share my own experience and I do know it's not the truth. Then we go back to wisdom, right? It's just my view. (laughs) So from your perspective, Sophie, what is real? What would be real to you? Uh, The divine. Yeah. The spiritual. Definitely not where we are right now, what we call reality in distance, time and form. That is only um, an illusion. So uh, the the real world is actually the invisible, what we call the invisible one. Yes, that resonates very much true to me. (laughs) How do you define simplicity? What would be to live, experience this reality with simplicity? Well, Valeria, I love your question, by the way. Um, You know, um, as human beings, we have language and language is very useful, but it's also very limited because obviously you cannot talk about the divine, right? Language is much too limited. You know, people that have out of body experience and uh, mystic experience, they can't put it into words because language is limited. And I'm so grateful for language because otherwise I wouldn't (laughs) be speaking to you and exchanging, right? No podcast, yeah. But, yeah, but without awareness, people uh, create stories and they believe their stories. So it's very much like Shakespeare said, you know, life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Because when you believe 
what you say, when you think it's true, even looking at your past, your opinion about other people, your judgment, your evaluation, being hurt, your feelings, your thoughts. If you believe it, you are an idiot. And I'm not being uh, insulting. It's just absurd, right? right? So that is um, the problem with language and the problem with suffering is Mm -hmm. that we believe the story we make up. Can we actually navigate this reality without a belief system, without a story to tell? Is that possible? Well, no, you have to tell stories, but you have to know they're stories. They're not Mm, real. Right, right, (laughs) right. The actors, actors, right? You Mm. imagine an actor that plays in a theater or in a play or in a movie. They know they're playing a role and they're having a blast. They're embodying the character and they're playing it. And then when the play is over, they stop. They don't pretend to be the character for the rest of their life. We do exactly the same, except that we pretend it's real, like we really are the character. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens sometimes, right, Sophie, with actors, yeah, yeah, that they ended up living the character's lives. But then they suffer, but then they suffer, right? So, no, we have, except if you're going to be a monk or a silent person in the heel of the Himalaya, not talking to anybody, you do need to to have a conscious ego. You do need to make up a story. You you do, because Mm. we live in the material world. But the freedom and the liberation comes by knowing, okay, it's not real. I'm making it up because I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Or because we have not accessed yet different levels of consciousness. It it goes back to not being aware of other dimensions in the spiritual world, the invisible world, as you say. Yeah, I see that a lot. And, And one of the things that it's really challenging for those who witness the suffering, the pain in others is not being able to change the situation. I see that a lot around me, my own husband, people around my family, and I can't really do anything about it. So I'm wondering if that in itself also causes suffering. And then I also wonder about freedom, if that really exists. But only when, I know it seems like a religious concept, but it seems to me like we are only free when everyone else is free, although there's nobody else. But in the illusion of it all, if there's freedom, also there's that kind of freedom. When everyone's free, I'm free. So there is a paradox in what you're saying, right? So yeah. one of the most difficult things in life is to watch somebody you love suffer. But yeah. but then most human beings suffer. You know, most human beings suffer. It goes from slight suffering to all-out suffering. Mm. But most human beings suffer as they raise a level of consciousness, right? Yeah. Now, when it is somebody, how I've resolved that for myself, Valeria, is that I trust the universe and I trust the mystery of the divine. I do not try to understand. I do not try to comprehend anything. And all I know is that there is two forces in the world that has you elevate your consciousness. One is love and the other one is suffering. And if you cannot, it's, they are kinetic energy, meaning it moves you from one place to the next, right? So love elevates yourself. You elevate yourself through love that we all know that. But if you resist that space, suffering will take care of it. 
And uh, so I have surrendered. I used to hate suffering. (laughs) And I used to really dislike watching people suffer. It's not that I like it now, for sure. But I now surrender, saying, well, obviously, this is what the journey of this person is. And I am no one to just have an opinion about it. And that's how I resolve. I still give everything I have to disappear the suffering of people i mean this is what i teach right that yeah, suffering yeah. is optional right. but if people are determined to suffer valeria there is not much we can do i guess i'm just wondering how to ease that um it's something that i have to work on myself i guess creating the boundaries not really separation but trying to know what is real and what's not that i can't do anything and be okay with that that is something that i need to work on it, I, I would I would point you in the direction yeah. of faith, hmm. right? Life, yeah. you know, life is so much nicer and so much kinder than we could be ourselves. Hmm. So I yeah. really surrendering and dancing in the moment and embracing the whole symphony of life is is essential. You know, in an orchestra. Symphony orchestra, there is so many instruments, and there are some you will not like, but all of it makes a symphony. And that, I think, is what we need to all accept is that, yep, it's a symphony of life. You either surrender to it and choose it, and then you will be liberated and in bliss, or you're going to resist it and want to change it, and therefore you will suffer. Suffering and pain. How do you distinguish them, Sophie? Are they interconnected? No, very different. Um, It's like happiness and joy, very different. Pain is, um, you know, animals uh, experience pain. It can be physical pain. It can be heartbreak that comes from love. If you're a human being, if you're incarnated, you're going to have pain, right? I just lost my father and I have pain. I have sorrow. It hurts, right? But suffering is all based on a story. It's entirely based on a story. I'll give you an example. I am a widow. I was 28 when my husband died, and I had a few tragedies before that, and I decided, all right, I've never heard of somebody losing their husband, their husband on honeymoon. I mean, my husband died five days after I got married. I said, that's a bad Hollywood movie, right? So, I mean, the only explanation I could come up with is that I was doomed. Obviously, there is something about me that had me have that happen. Well, that's called a story. I suffered for five years. Because who I was for myself was doomed. And then one day, I will remember that day forever, (laughs) I realized I am doomed is a story I made up about the death of my husband. And my the fact that my husband died didn't mean that God didn't like me, didn't mean that I did something bad in a previous life, didn't mean that I was a doomed soul. It just meant my husband died. And that moment... I was free from suffering. Oh, wow. So, yeah, pain and wow. suffering, very different. That realization was something that you're seeking for or spontaneously happened? Um, no, I, uh, I, uh, 
after four years of suffering, I went around the world uh, trying to to get back to life. Right. I remember, you know, one of those moments of truth. I was in front of the mirror and I looked at myself and I looked like a war refugee. I was so thin and so unhappy and so miserable. And I said to myself, OK, you either kill yourself or you go back to life. But being a vegetable, that doesn't work. And right. killing myself wasn't an option. So. I just packed my bag and went round the world for a year and a half and seeking and surrendering to the universe. And I had all sorts of uh, adventures and I met people until I landed. Oh, I went really round the world, Tahiti, New Zealand, across the South Pacific, Chile, Argentina. And then I landed up in uh, Los Angeles and um, somebody... Um, introduced me to a master and there it is yeah. he he held a mirror for me and just kept asking me does does it really mean that does everybody that loses someone mean that they doomed yeah and i said right. no only me and he started laughing he said well <laughs> that's not <laughs> wow. and, and i was free yeah i, I was free <laughs> Yeah, framed from that idea. So the idea of meaning, that's another interesting topic. What gives meaning to your life at this time, Sophie? Do you believe in I, meaning? I, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The, the only meaning there is is the one we give. Mm. The, the yeah. meaning of life is way beyond <laughs> what I can make it mean. I mean, the mystery of life is is way the immensity of life I, I can't even begin to give it a meaning mm. so I surrender yeah. to the mystery of it all I, I don't look for meaning it, it, I don't need it anymore yeah that very much sounds like freedom yeah to be in that space of being one with life that's the way you say and that's it resonates all the way through to me being life mm. itself Talk to me for a moment about, this is a way to getting into uh, some topics in your book. You have there something very interesting. You say, this is about ego and fear, but I guess I'll read the passage before I ask the question. You say, we are all connected by our human condition and transformation needs to happen at the global level. To grasp this, people must reach a certain level of consciousness. As long as the ego reigns in our world, with its need to dominate others, to win and make others lose, to be right and make others wrong, our basic needs will never be globally assured. Hence, the need to learn about the ego and expose its source, fear. Those are, uh, let's say, the biggest obstacles. They are one in a way, right, Sophie? Ego and fear. So from my perspective, it seems like they are the obstacles to the higher levels of consciousness, to love, really. That's what the word it is for me, love. So talk to me about some of the ways we can learn to understand our own ego and the fear that arises from that place. You know, it's funny because with a COVID pandemic, yeah. it really shows that either everybody's going to be vaccinated 
or we're going to have some new strand and then it's going to go on and on and on, mm-hmm. right? So it's either everybody or we're going to stay in it for years, Yeah. right? So, so it's what I meant when I said what I said is that um, I believe, and I believe not like the truth, but from an experience, and I'm not the only one, that the... The human beings are going through the most extraordinary time of elevation. I think it is really time for a new culture for humankind. And as you know, a birth always happens in pain, right? So there is a birth pain. So we're shifting from Homo sapiens to Homo spiritus. So Homo sapiens is a reign of the ego, and there is really nothing wrong with the ego, right? The ego has gotten us where we are. There is less poverty. We have a lot of progress, technical, medical. Um, I mean, truly, we, we went to the moon. We, I mean, we did all sorts of things. The ego has gotten us where we are, and it's really nothing to blame. And it has run its course because now it has degenerated into conflict and domination and, you know, social injustice. And and it's time to now connect to our soul, to remember who we really are. And that is why I'm so excited about those times is that I experience this current, this underground current that is starting to swell in the world where people are seeking, yearning to remember who they really are and connect to the divine. Oh, that's a uh, wonderful information and vision. Yeah, I love that too. Just the thought of it. Mm-hmm. So the ego was just designed to survive. Valeria, somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think it was maybe David Hawkins, but he, he explained it beautifully. He said, you know, um, at the beginning, um, the animal kingdom doesn't have an energy system inside of you. The plant kingdom has it, right? The plant waits for the sun and then it gets its energy. But for the animals, and we are part of the animal kingdom, we need to go outside to get uh, food and water. So at the beginning, we we had to survive physically. So we went and we learned what we could eat, what we could drink, how we could survive the cold, the other animals. And it was, and we did it well. How I know that is that we're still alive, right? Yeah, right. But at one point, it shifted from physical survival Mm. to ontological survival, which means that it is the mind, the beingness. We started to survive an illusion. We... You know, Mm. many people are frightened to speak in public, for example. Well, that should tell you a lot about the fear we have about each other. We see each other as a threat. Right, right. And um, that is where the ego started to be detrimental. So all it's needed is awareness. You can totally understand the design of human being. It's actually quite simple. And by bringing awareness, you can shift from a homo sapiens that relies on its five senses, look outside of itself, 
for energy, you know, just looks at money, age, looks, uh, work, titles to try to get satisfaction. That's the homo sapiens inside of the ego. You can shift beyond the five senses, including our five senses, but knowing that who you really are is not from the physical world. You are from the spiritual world. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sophie McLean and her work, please visit sophiemclean.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.